Praise God. For those of you who were here last Wednesday, you know we began a, a new teaching series, um, Set Free 101, and we're breaking down our core values, what, what it is that directs us as a entity, as a body of believers, as a church. What, what is our core values? And so we discussed the first two last Wednesday, and tonight we are going to move to the next two, and then next Wednesday we will conclude with this series uh, discussing our last two core values. So how many of you have received your handout, your homework sheet tonight? If you didn't lift up your hand, Miss Lily will help you. I think she's already done a thorough job and got it out. Amen. So let's, let's just do a little bit of a recap, if we will, for those of you who may not have been here last Wednesday. We, we answered this question starting off, uh, what is core values? Core values are, again, are the deeply ingrained principles. Somebody say principles. That have been instilled within each and every one of us, and these Deeply ingrained principles help to bring guidance. They help to bring a sense of direction to our lives. They help to bring clarity to us. That is what core values are. Core values determine who each of us are as an individual. Your core values determine who you are. My core values determine who I am, and our core values as a corporate body of believers, as Set Free Church, determines who we are. Amen? It helps mold and establish the way that you and I think, the way that we act and react, and ultimately determines who we are from our very innermost being and core. And of course, as we discussed again last Wednesday, as believers and as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, our core values are absolutely, this is, this is an absolute, they are absolutely grounded and rooted in this right here. They must be. I said they must be. You know, it's a sad indictment even in the church world. Now, we're not even going to talk about our secular society and culture. You know, we're, we're not going to talk about the world because how many knows the world is going to be the world? Sinners are going to be sinners. But what is the sad indictment even in the church world? There are notable denominational movements and organizations that have drifted from their, their original core values or their belief system the way they function, the way they operate, what they believe in, those values that used to be deeply rooted in the Word of God, and now they've just adapted to society, to our present-day culture. How many knows that we're still called to be the salt and the light of the world? In other words, we are called to impact society and culture. But unfortunately, there's a lot of segments of the church world today that are not any longer impacting society and culture, but the society and culture is impacting the church. And that ought not to be, amen? In other words, they are buying into great deception and great uh, uh, the lies of the enemy and the lies of the world that, that would say that, you know, everything has to be all-inclusive. There's no black, there's no white. You know, you can just believe how you want to be. There's many different ways to, to heaven. There's many different ways to spend eternity with God. There's many different ways uh, to salvation. But how many knows that the Word of God tells us, Jesus himself said that I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And there is no other way to the Father except through me. Either we believe that or we don't believe it. But how many knows we better believe it? Because those were the words of Christ. You see, the Bible talks about that in the last days there are going to be many people, even, even the very elect, if we are not careful, will be deceived. Did you know that's in the Scriptures? Even the very elect shall be deceived if we are not careful. Because there's going to be many people that are going to have in the church itching ears. How many knows what, what I'm talking about? They're going to have itching ears, and they're going to give heed to 
doctrines of devils and to seducing spirits. Can I tell you that's the age that we're living in tonight? And that's why it, we must, it is very imperative that we understand as a, as a local body of believers what it is that we believe and not drift from it. We must understand what it is. That's why we're doing this Set Free 101, our core values, because we must understand as a body of believers what are our core values because it is those core values that's going to guide us, that is going to direct us, and that is going to help us to fulfill our God-given destiny and assignment that has been placed upon our lives and the life of this church. And so last Wednesday, we talked about our first two core values. Uh, we discussed uh, missions, which is our first core value, and we discussed trust, which is our second core value. Under missions, this is what our core value says. Fulfill the great commission. Reach and teach locally and globally. We answered the question, why missions? We discussed how missions is the very heartbeat of God. We also discuss how missions is not a suggestion for the church. It's not a suggestion for the believer, but it is a commandment, a commandment that was given by Christ himself. And, and we also un understood the principle that we do not have to fulfill this great assignment of global evangelization, missions, fulfilling the great commission within our own capability within our own strength. But Jesus himself said, Lo, I will be with you. How is he with us? He is with us through the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is what drives us. That is what compels us to go. Amen? Then we discuss trust. And this is what our core value of trust states. We do the right thing. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I do the right thing. We do what we say, and we tell each other the truth. We talked about what a trustworthy person looks like, uh, how a trustworthy person is able to be relied upon. Are you reliable? They're able to be relied upon. They are honest, and they are truthful. We discussed about how we must get back to being people of character and integrity. Amen. And so that brings us tonight to our third and our fourth core value. You should see some stuff behind me on the screen. And the third one tonight for Set Free Church, our third core value is this, excellence. Somebody say excellence. And this is what this core value states, exceed expectations exceed expectations. In other words, we are striving to be a people that doesn't just do enough to barely get by, but we are striving to be a people that will exceed expectations. And then it goes on, and it says, because easy is not always best. Because easy is not always best. If you don't know by now, we as Set Free Church always strive to do everything that we do with a spirit of excellency. How many believes that? How many sees that? We as Set Free Church, we strive to do everything with a spirit of excellency. It is our desire. As the leaders of this church, it is our desire from the very moment that you walk through our doors that you see, witness, and experience an atmosphere of excellence. Why is that? Why is this our third core value as the Set Free family? It is certainly not for our praise, for our notoriety, for our, you know, a pat on our back. But it is for the glory of God because how many knows that we serve an excellent God? Can I get an amen? I said we serve an excellent God. And if we serve an excellent God, we ought to be a people of excellence. 
Again, not to bring glory to ourselves, to our church, but to bring glory to him. So it is our prayer. Every time we have meetings, whether it's with our board or whether it's with our leadership teams, we are always instilling this principle within them that everything that we set our hands to do, everything that we envision, everything that we ought to do it with a spirit of excellency. Again, to bring glory to God. So let's look at our first scripture for tonight in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and looking at verse 22. Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to give you a minute to get there. And looking at verse 22. And we're going to go down to verse 24. This is the writings of the Apostle Paul speaking to the Colossian church. And this is what he said in verse 22. Chapter 3, speaking to the people of God, he, he, he referenced them as, as a certain term. What is, what is the term in your Bible? I know, I know many of you may be reading from different translations. I'm reading from the New King James Version. But what did he, what did he start it off by referencing them to? Slaves. Slaves. Now, in the New King James, it says bondservants, which means the same thing as slaves. Now, in our culture, in our society, that kind of has a negative connotation, right? But the apostle, the great apostle Paul is speaking to the church, and he identifies the people of God as slaves, as bondservants. And this is what he tells them. He says, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service, as men pleasers, but in sincerity of hearts, fearing God. And look at the next verse. And whatever you do, somebody say whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. So he, he said a whole lot right there as he was addressing this particular church. And the first thing, again, that, that he stated that I think is very interesting, he, he referenced them as slaves, as bond servants. Do you realize tonight that you are a bond servant in the kingdom of God? In other words, that you were purchased. If you are a believer, if you are born again tonight, if the Spirit of God indwells you, then how many knows that you no longer belong to yourself? Boy, it's quiet in here tonight. Where's, where's Sister Barbara Terry? I need somebody to say amen. You no longer belong to yourself. That's why he said you're a slave. You're a bondservant. Because how many knows that a slave throughout history, a slave does not belong to themselves? They've been purchased, and they belong to whoever purchased them. In all actuality, and this is, this is not good, but they, they're nothing more than a piece of property. They've been purchased by an individual, and that individual has become their master. Can I tell you, that is what it is in the kingdom of God. We have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. We no longer belong to ourselves. We no longer dictate our destiny. But this is the way it ought to be. Every move we make, we need to seek permission from the Father, who is our master, who is the one who has purchased us. Amen. And can I tell you, it is not a negative connotation to be called a slave when it comes to the kingdom of God. Because that means that the same one who purchased us is the same one who will provide for us. It's the same one who will take care of us. It's the same one, if he has to, will bankrupt heaven to make sure your needs are met. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you tonight, we belong to the creator of the universe. And do you not realize that if we belong to our God, he will see to it that make sure that your needs are met there's food on your table there's clothes on your back 
Your bills are going to be paid. Can I get an amen? That's our God tonight. And Paul went on. He said, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service. What does he mean by that when, he, when he's speaking to the church? He said, obey not with eye service as men pleasers. What is he talking about right there? In other words, you know, don't, don't just do it to get attention. How many of you ever seen people like that? Oh, yeah, Pastor, I'll serve, I'll sign up, I'll volunteer. But they're doing it to try to fill some type of void in their life to try to get the accolades of man, to try to get a pat on the back, to make them feel like they're valuable. Can I tell you, you're valuable because Jesus gave his son to die for you. You're valuable because his blood has been applied to your heart and to your life. That's what makes you valuable. It's not your good works. It's not your service. It's not your volunteer time. You are simply valuable because the blood of Jesus Christ has been applied to your life. That is, that is what holds your value. So see, it, it, it's a very unhealthy thing to get involved in serving to get involved in, in doing and volunteering if that's what you think you're going to receive your value from. Your value does not come from your good deeds, but your value comes through the blood of Jesus that has been applied to you. So that's what he's saying. He said, not with eye service, not to be seen by man, not to get a pat on the back, not to get a gold star or a silver button. Come on. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but he went on, he said, but in sincerity of heart. You do what you do because of your heart, because who's on the throne of your heart? Fearing God. Can I tell you, if we would take this and let this be one of our life verses, and we would live by this, it will absolutely change your life. That in everything that we do, whatever it is, that we do it with our whole hearts and that we do it as unto the Lord and not to men. See, the reason why a lot of people get burnt out in the church, in God's kingdom, and, you know, they start off strong, they start off, you know, doing this and doing that, and all of a sudden you don't even see them no more. They get burned out, so to speak. They, they grow weary and well-doing. Could it not be because we have mixed up who we're working for? See, whatever you do in this church or whatever you do in the kingdom of God, you're not doing it for me. You're not doing it for Pastor Steve. You're doing it for the Lord. Everything that you and I do, we are to do it as unto the Lord and not as unto men. See, if I'm doing something for you or you're doing something for me, you might just do it halfway. Especially if I make you mad or you make me mad. But when you develop the mentality and the, and the heart attitude that you know what, as much as I love you and you love me, we're not even doing it for one another. We're doing it for the Lord. Whether, whether, it, whether you holding an offering basket, whether you teaching the children, whether you working in the youth, whether you on the praise team, whatever you do, you're doing it as unto the Lord. And because I'm doing it unto the Lord, I'm going to do it with excellence. Knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the reward. How many wants a reward? This is how you get it. You do it unto him. You do it with excellence. And when you do it unto him and you do it with excellence, you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, excellence is the quality of excelling, of being the very best at something. Human beings have an intricate desire to see excellence. Do we not? We want to see excellence. I don't know about you, but my pet peeve, I, you know, I, I don't like to see things that are halfway done, you know. Well, uh, pastor, we're going to do this, and, and then they don't do it, or if they do do it, they just did it halfway. I don't like to see that. I got a little bit of, what do they call it, OCD? I don't like to see things out of place. How many knows what I'm talking about? I don't like to see, how many knows everything's got a place? Come on. I like to see things done decently and in order. Anybody else like that? 
And can I tell you tonight that we as humans, because we have been created in the very image of God, there is something that is within us that should desire to see excellence in everything that we do, in everything that we are. You see, our appreciation of excellence comes from our Creator. Amen? Our appreciation of excellence comes from our Creator. We strive. For excellence because he is excellent in everything that he does. I mean, take a moment and look around the world. Look at God's creation. Look how the sun rises and the sun sets. You know, look, look, look at the stars and the Milky Way. Look at, look at all of God's beautiful, excellent creation and tell me that your God and my God is not an excellent God. That he's not a God of order. That he's not a God of excellence. And because he is an excellent God, we ought to strive that everything that we set our hands to do, that we do it with this spirit of excellence. You see, many things get in the way of us operating as, as humans. Many things get in the way of us operating in this spirit of excellence, right? Whether it be apathy, carelessness, or simply just laziness. Things oftentimes get in our way of performing and operating in a spirit of excellency. We cut corners. Sometimes we're guilty of settling for second best or third best or fourth best, right? If the effort... To achieve excellence is more than what we're willing to actually give. Hello? If it's actually going to cost you something, if it's actually going to cause you to have to roll up your sleeves and get dirty and sweat and put some effort into it, come on. Mama used to say, put some elbow grease into it. Then then a lot of us, especially in our American culture, we, we'll be the first to cut a corner, you know, to settle for second, third, fourth best. But let that not be among us as sons and daughters of God. But let us, just as our third core value states, let us be a people of excellence. Everything that we say that we do, that we set our hands to do, let us do it with an attitude and a spirit of excellence. You see, God's cure for our careless ways as humans is to remind us that He is our ultimate judge. Let that sink in tonight. Again, if you're doing something for me, you may not always do it to the best of your ability. You know, if you're doing something for your employer, you may not always do it for the, to, to the best of your ability, especially if they've ticked you off during the week, right? You might just go in and just clock in at 9 o'clock, do your thing, do a halfway job, a sloppy job, clock out at 5, well, they get what they get. Hello? But the scriptures are reminding us the Apostle Paul is reminding us in Colossians chapter 3 that our Creator, our God, is the one who's going to judge us. He is the ultimate judge. We Everything that we do, we are doing it as unto Him. When we file our taxes, we're doing it as unto Him. Hello? When we clock in at 9 o'clock, you think you're working for so-and-so who's your employer, but you're actually doing it as unto the Lord. He is the ultimate judge. Is that not what the Scriptures just told us? Is that not what Colossians chapter 3 just told us? You're doing it as unto the Lord. That is His way to remind us, don't be careless. Don't be lazy. You say, well, nobody's looking. It don't really matter. There's an all-seeing eye looking. Don't be careless. Don't be lazy. You see, we must answer to God for how we spend our time, how we spend our resources, and how we spend our energy. 
striving for excellence should be a part of all that we do. You say, well, my time's my time. You know, I give my employer his time or her time, but when I clock out, you know, it's my time. Well, I get what you're saying. That's true. But let me tell you something. All your time belongs to him. Hello? All your time belongs to him. And so let me tell you, one day we will give account of how we spent that time, how we spent our resources, and how we spent our energy. Aware that, be aware tonight that it is Christ himself that you are serving. You see, we don't want to present him with just anything, right? With just a halfway offering, with just a halfway gift, with just a halfway talent. But everything that we present to him, we want to present it to him wholeheartedly. We want to present it to him with excellence. Amen? Whether it's cleaning the toilets or whether it's preaching a sermon. Hello? We want to do it with a spirit of excellence. Amen? Paul addressed the subject of excellence in Romans chapter 12. Look with me there. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 6. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. See, a lot of times we, we, we look at, well, you know, I'll operate by a spirit of excellence, you know, when I make it big time. You know, when I, climb, when I finally climb that ladder, you know, when I finally get that pay raise or that promotion. Let me tell you, you'll never get the promotion of the pay raise or climb the ladder until you start being excellence in the small things, in the minute things. You say, well, they don't never pay attention to that, but let me tell you, God does, and let me tell you, favor comes from him. Hello? Favor comes from God. And that all-seeing eye that is looking, that is watching, that is observing, if we will be faithful even in the minute things, if we will operate with a spirit of excellency even in the little things when no one is even looking or paying attention, let me tell you, God will see to it that you receive promotion, that you get that raise. Come on. Because that's how our God operates. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 6, going down to verse 8. Paul said this, having then gifts. How many of those ever one of us have gifts tonight? Your gift may not be my gift, my gift may not be your gift, but you got a God-given gift. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. What are you doing with the gift that God has given to you? Are you using it for his glory? Are you using it with a spirit of excellence? Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Our ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberty. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness what was the apostle saying right here in other words find your gift find what it is that God has put you on this earth for find that and use that gift for his glory with a spirit of excellence and I promise you if you will identify what it is that the gift that the spirit of God has birthed on the inside of you and if you begin to operate in that gift Whatever it is, whatever it looks like, and you will do it faithfully and you will do it with the spirit of excellence, the sky is the limit as to what God will use you to do in the earth. You see, there's so many people in God's kingdom that are full of envy, that are full of insecurity, that are full of jealousy because they're looking at their brothers and their sisters in the kingdom and they're like, well, if I could just be like them, you know, if I could just operate like they operate. If I could just have the gift that they have. No, 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 no. If God wanted you to have their gift, he would have gave you their gift. But just because your gift is not their gift does not mean your gift is any less. You see, there's things that you can do that they can't do. It might not be on the platform. It might not be in the spotlight. It might not be with you holding the microphone. But let me tell you, God's given you gifts. And when you find that and you begin to operate in that and you do it faithfully and you do it with excellence, let me tell you, you will be shocked at what God will do in you and through you in the earth. 
How many wants to be used by God? How many wants to be the mouthpiece of God? How many wants to be the hands and the feet of God? Let me tell you, identify your gift. Operate in it. Be faithful and do it with excellence. And God will bring promotion. He will bring increase. Since God gives us his best every day in every way, we owe it to him to pursue excellence in everything that he has given to us to do. Is that not right? He has given us his all. He has given us his absolute best. So let me tell you, it's not a chore for me to give him my best. It's not just a duty or an obligation, but it's a joy that I am able to give to God my best. For Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10, it says this. Write that, write that down and study it in your own time. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10 says this. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Whatever that your hand finds to do, do it with everything that is within you. Do it faithfully. Be committed. Be reliable. And do it with a spirit of excellence. And I'm telling you, I promise you, I'm a, I'm a living proof. I've tested God. I've tried him. And I promise you, when you are faithful in what he has given to you, the gifts that he has locked up on the inside of you, when you begin to operate in those gifts and you do it as unto him, you do it faithfully and you do it with a spirit of excellence, let me tell you, God will promote you. You don't have to promote yourself. You don't have to pass out your business cards. You've heard my testimony before as an evangelist, which is most of my years of ministry. I never one time, I'm not knocking those that did, but I'm just giving you my story. Never one time did I pick up my phone and call a church and say, Pastor, can I come preach in your pulpit? Can I come run you a revival? Can I come do this? Can I come do that? Never one time as God is my witness. If you will be faithful to God, if you will be committed to God, if you will do what you do with the spirit of excellence, God will open up the doors. My God, what church am I in tonight? I said, God will open up the doors. Promotion comes from him. So that is our third core value as the set free family. It is excellence. Everything that we do, you, you will hear us all the time. We're going to do it with a spirit of excellence because we serve an excellent God. Let's move to our fourth core value. And it is this, serving. And this is what this particular core value states. Simply put, serve God by serving others. Serve God by serving others. Now, I'm not going to go in, in, in too much detail because this Sunday, for those of you who are not aware, we are going to be having what we call a volunteer fair. And this is an opportunity for you to get a better understanding of who we are as Set Free Church and to understand what ministries that we have in operation here at Set Free Church, to, to see their vision, to see their mission, and how you can get plugged in as a volunteer. Amen? And not only to see what we have in operation within the four walls of this church, but to see other ministries that we are in partnership with, other outreaches that we are in partnership with, just like Alabaster House, for you to understand who they are, what they do, what their mission is, what their vision is, and even how you can use your gifts and get plugged into those ministries as well. And so saying all of that, that's, that's what we're going to do on Sunday. We're going to talk about serving. We're going to talk about volunteering. But let's, let's look at it just a little bit tonight. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13. Again, our fourth core value as the set free family is serving. Serve God by serving others. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13, it says this. For you, brethren, church, 
You've been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But look at this. But the apostle Paul said this. But through love serve one another. You say, I want to be a servant of God. Well, guess what that's going to look like? That's going to mean you're going to have to serve one another. You say, well, I don't like them. I'm not, I'm not going to serve them. Well, guess what? You can't be a servant of God. Because Jesus also said he, 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 he's going to give you everything that you need to love your neighbor as you love yourself. To even love your enemies. And can I tell you, if you want to be a servant of the Most High God, what that's going to look like in your life and in my life is it's going to look like us serving one another. Me serving you, you serving me, that's what the kingdom of God is. That's what serving God looks like. Is that not what the scriptures just said? But through love. What love? Through the love of God. Through the love of Yeshua. Serve one another. You see, the truth is there's a lot of people in the kingdom, in the church, that are simply serving Volunteering out of guilt, out of duty, out of pressure. You know, maybe somebody manipulated them to serve. I told somebody the other day, and I'm going to say it before you tonight. If I have to guilt you or manipulate you or pressure you to serve and to volunteer in this church, then I might as well just stop right here. Because guess what? If you are serving out of just duty and duty alone, if you're serving out of guilt, if you're serving out of pressure, you're not going to last long. When you get rubbed the wrong way and you get offended, and I promise you, anywhere where there's a group of people, whether it's in the church, in the marketplace, at Walmart, somebody's going to offend you. Somebody's going to rub you the wrong way. Somebody's going to Upset your apple cart. Come on. But yet it's we as the church who are the quickest to throw in the towel. Well, I don't like the way the preacher said that. I don't like the way the elder addressed me. Come on now. I don't like the way that my uh, director or my coordinator corrected me. So therefore, I'm going to quit. Who are you doing it for anyways? Because if you're doing it for me, you messed up anyways. The apostle said, you serve as unto the Lord. You're doing it for the Lord. Come on. You're doing it as unto him. We serve one another by serving God. We serve God by serving one another. We don't do what we do out of guilt, out of duty, and out of pressure. But you see, God wants you and I to serve out of gratitude. For what he has done for us. You see the reason why I'm here on a Wednesday night. When I could be a lot of other places. Is because I love him. Yes I love you. But I love him. And because I love him. I'm willing to serve you. And you see if you're serving out of gratitude. For what he means to you. And for what he's done in your life. It doesn't matter who rubs you the wrong way. It doesn't matter who spits in your face. It doesn't matter who walks out on you. You're going to remain rooted and steadfast in the kingdom of God because you're not doing it for man, but you're doing it for the king of the kingdom. Glory to God. Somebody said, I needed that. I needed that. Because sometimes I have to remind myself why I do what I do. As much as I love you, I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for him. And when you realize that and you receive that and you operate in that, you'll never quit. You'll never burn out. People say, oh, I burned out. Let me tell you, you don't know what burnout is. You will never burn out as long as you know who you're doing it for. You see, God hired me and you can't fire me. Come on, somebody. You better know who writes your check. It's him. He's the one who brings Promotion. Glory to God. You see, 
You need to understand tonight that serving is one of your life purposes. Everybody wants to know what their purpose is. What, what is my purpose? Why did God allow me to be conceived? You know, why am I on this earth? I'm telling you, serving is one of our life purposes. Mark chapter 8 verse 35 says this. Just write down that text and study it in your own time. Mark 8, 35 says this. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life, in other words, whoever gives his life away in service for my sake and the gospels will save it. Whoever gives his life away. What are you doing with the life that God has given to you? Are you just absorbed with self and what gratifies this flesh temporarily? Or are you living your life in service to others, in service to your God, in service to the kingdom? Until we learn how to serve, we will not really ever know what living life is all about. We'll just be existing. How many people today are walking through this life day in and day out? They clock in at 9, they clock out at 5. You know, they do their normal mundane routine every day, seven days a week. And they're just existing. Why? Because they never learned the principle of serving. You see, you make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give away. I'm going to say that again. You make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give away. God put you on this earth to be a gift to somebody else, to give your life away for his glory, for his honor, for his kingdom sake. So serving is one of our life purposes. Serving makes us more like Jesus. Why do we do what we do? Why do we serve? Why do we volunteer? Because it makes us more like him. Matthew chapter 20 verse 28 says this. Matthew chapter 20 and verse 28 says this. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be, to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So if the Son of God left the splendors of heaven to come and dwell amongst humanity, to wrap himself in flesh and blood just like you and I, and lived upon this earth for 30-something years as a servant of the Most High God, who do we think we are that we're above serving one another? You say, you just don't know how I was brought up, you know. You don't know how, what my background is. I, I just don't do that. That's just not who I am. Let me tell you, if you're a child of God, you'll have a servant's heart. Huh? Can I say that again? I said, if you're a child of God, you will have a servant's heart. You will know what it means to give your life away in service. If you don't learn how to serve others, you will never grow to spiritual maturity. You want to know why we got a lot of babes still in the church? I'm not picking on new converts, new believers, you know. There's grace when you're new in the kingdom of God. But there's a problem when you've been serving God for 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, and you still have no spiritual maturity. And guess what? The reason why many in God's kingdom have not grown up, have not developed roots, do not have spiritual maturity, everything offends them. Is because they are not living a life of service in his kingdom. They come into his house and they have the mentality, how can you help me? Huh? How can you serve me? What do you have to offer to me and my four? Hello? But let us change our thought process. Let us change our attitude and our mentality and not come in here all the time saying, what can the church do for me? And let's say, what can I do for the church? What can I do for the kingdom of God? Serving makes us more like him. It makes us more like Jesus. Serving is the highest use of your time. Did you hear what I said? Service, serving is the highest use of your time. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. Write that one down. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. It says this, therefore, my beloved brethren, 
Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I said serving is the highest use of your time. Serving, it will, you, the, the, the time that you commit to serving God, to serving one another, to serving in the kingdom, there's nothing greater than you can do with your life. If you want to make an impact, how many wants to make an impact? If you want to leave a legacy, how many wants to leave a legacy? The highest use of your time is to serve God by serving one another. The, the people that have left this world, and that are in the presence of God today. The people who, that, those people that have left the greatest legacies were those who knew what it meant to be a servant of God. You need to understand tonight, not only is it the greatest use of your time, but your service to the Lord is never wasted. Did you hear what I said? I said your service to the Lord is never wasted. People might not have noticed it, Nobody may not have said thank you. Nobody may not have patted you on the back. But can I tell you there is a God in heaven that sees your service. That sees your commitment. That sees your faithfulness. And you will be rewarded. Your service to the Lord is never wasted. Serving is the secret to greatness. Did you hear what I said? I said serving is the secret to greatness. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, for the glory of God, then it's going to be when you live a life of servanthood. Serving is the secret to greatness. Matthew chapter 20, again, but going up to verse 26. Matthew chapter 20 and verse 26, it says this, Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be what? Your servant. Whoever wants to be great in the kingdom of God, let him be a servant. Notice, it didn't say let him be archbishop so-and-so. Let him be apostle so-and-so, prophet so-and-so, pastor so-and-so. It said let him be a servant. You see, we honor the office of the apostle and the prophet and the pastor and the evangelist and the teacher. But can I tell you, there's coming a day where we're going to stand before the Lord on e even ground. And it's not going to be, he's not going to say, well done, thy good and faithful apostle, prophet, pastor, servant, servant. Well done, thy good and thy faithful servant. Serving is the secret to greatness. You see, true greatness comes from servanthood, not from living for yourself. Did you hear what I said? It doesn't come from living for yourself. You say, well, I'm, Pastor, I'm just trying to pursue the American dream, you know. I'm just trying to be debt-free. Well, praise God. That's wonderful. Nothing wrong with that. But let me tell you, if you want to really leave a legacy, if you really want to make an impact, in your culture, in your society, it's going to be when you humble yourself and you become a servant. And can I tell you, you can't put a price tag on that. There's not a paycheck big enough than the fulfillment that you will feel as a true, authentic servant of the Most High God. Sometimes it's the things that I do that nobody else sees or knows about, and I see the smile that it brings on somebody's face. Let me tell you, money can't buy that. Again, it's not, I'm not doing it for my glory. I'm doing it for his glory. But when you're a blessing to someone who can't even pay you back, that's what servanthood means. Anybody can serve, you know, highfalutin people where they're going to acknowledge you and they're going to call your name in a spotlight and they're going to write you a check. But what about when you do it to the least of these? To those that are forgotten, to those that are neglected, to those that won't bring you any accolades in your life that's what real servanthood looks like and that's what will bring promotion to your life and i'm going to close with this serving this is our fourth core value is set for each church serving will be rewarded in heaven you see if if the only reason you do what you do and you serve you know how you serve is just for man 
to acknowledge you and to acclimate you and to pat you on the back, guess what? As good as that is, as good as that feels, I'm not going to feel, I'm not going to lie to you. It feels good to be acknowledged, to receive a text message or an email. You know what? I appreciate you, Pastor Caleb. I thank you for that sermon you preached. You know, nothing wrong with that. That feels good, right? It feels good to get a pat on the back every once in a while. But if that's why you do what you do is just to receive the acknowledgement of man, guess what? That's your reward. That's your reward. But if you're doing what you do, your acts of service, your good deeds, if you do what you do for him, whether you ever get acknowledged on this side of heaven or not, whether you ever, uh, your name ever gets in the spotlight or not, whether you ever get that pat on the back or not, let me tell you again that there is a God that sees and that he knows. And guess what? Your reward will be great in heaven. Mark chapter 10, and I'll close with this, verses 29 and 30. Mark chapter 10, verses 29 and 30, it says this. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, and brothers, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. Did you hear what the promise is? Your acts of service, those things that maybe you did under the radar, that nobody knew about, not only is there a great reward when you get to the other side, but he also said, did you just read it? He also said, I'm going to reward you now. I'm going to reward you openly before men. Hello? Is that not what the Word of God said? You see, you got to understand tonight, and I, I'm going to say this and I'm going to hush. Ultimately, our real boss is Jesus Christ. He's, he's, the, he's the ultimate judge. He is the real boss. And he will reward you one day for everything that you've ever done for him, for his glory, and for his kingdom. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I'm, I'm storing up treasures in heaven. Where rust and moth cannot destroy. That's where my treasure's at. Amen. I'm doing it for him. I'm doing it for his glory. I'm doing it for his kingdom. So that's our fourth core value as a set-free family, serving. That's what we are. We're a house of serving. We are called to serve one another and to do it as unto the Lord. Let's stand to our feet tonight.